Hello, and welcome back to the Inquisitor podcast. Today, I have Sam Rathling, who is an expert in LinkedIn and how corporates can use it in order to build their brand, build business, recruit, and has a wealth of experience working within SMEs all the way up to large enterprise. Part one of two episodes. Sam, could you give 30-second introduction to who you are and what you do? Absolutely. Well, thank you very much for the invite to be on the podcast, Marcus. My name is Sam Rathling. I've been a LinkedIn trainer for over nine years now. I've been on the platform since 2003. So I was a very early adopter of LinkedIn. I have written a book called LinkedIn or Linked Out, which does feature 107 tips on how to help companies to grow their business. And I spend most of my days now, 100% of my time focused on helping corporates and SME business owners on how to generate leads, business opportunities, and in effect, grow their brand and their awareness on the platform of LinkedIn. Excellent. I've read the book, very effective. And I've been on one of your boot camps. And I have to say, learned more in those two days than I reckon I did in the previous nine years. So um, thank you for that. Wow, thank you. Sam, one thing that people probably aren't very aware of, or very few people are aware of, is the Social Selling Index. Mm -hmm. you mind telling the listeners a little bit about that and why it's important? Sure. Well, as with anything that you spend time on, it's really important that you understand and are able to measure the effectiveness of that time spend. So LinkedIn has something called, as you mentioned, a Social Selling Index. Now, everybody that's on LinkedIn has one of these, but very few people know that it exists. So the best way to find out what your score is, and this is a score out of 100 points, is when you're logged into LinkedIn on a browser on your desktop, if you go to a different browser and type in linkedin.com forward slash sales forward slash SSI, so that's linkedin.com forward slash sales forward slash SSI, what that will do is it will take you to a new page and it'll actually give you a score out of 100 points. Now, the social selling index covers four different areas. I'll talk you through what those are. So in the top right-hand corner, you'll see something called your industry social selling index. So that is you compared to everybody else on LinkedIn in your industry. So for example, if you said you're in marketing and advertising, then you would want to be in the top 1% or top 5% of those people in that industry. And you'll also see a nice colored circle on your screen if you're doing this whilst you're listening. And that gives you an indication of four different areas that LinkedIn looks at. So the first one of those areas is establishing your professional brand. So what that means is it's about the content that you're posting. It's about how you're positioning yourself as an expert on the platform. And that will be driven by what you post, by the articles that you write, and your profile as well. So that's the first one. And and that gives you a score out of 25. The next one after that is the purple one which is all about finding the right people. So LinkedIn is looking at who you're connecting with and how relevant they are to your location, to your profile, to your industry, et cetera, and what you do. And it's easy to drive these all up, how you do those in a second. So the third one is about engagement. So the red one on your score out of 100 is all about engagement with insights. Now, Marcus, that one is really about how much, how social are you being on LinkedIn? So you're either sitting back and watching it all happen, or you're really engaged in other people's posts, you're commenting, liking on things, etc. So if you're doing that, then you'll probably find that your score in area is quite high. If you're kind of quite passive and not really sure what to do with it, then you'll find that that score is, is probably a bit lower. The last one is the green score, which is all about building relationships. And typically from experience, I've found most people have a quite a high score in this area. That's about how much you're building relationships, both in your inbox, on the newsfeed as well. So that's how your score is made up. And why is the score important? 
It's a great question. So the score is effectively the higher your social selling index, the higher chance you're going to be getting business and opportunities from LinkedIn. So LinkedIn is a good score, would be anywhere in the in the 70s, high 70s upwards. If you're less than 50 right now, your goal should be to get into the high 70s. If you're already in the 60s, 70s, then push it in towards the 80s. The idea being behind this is that if you're scoring highly on the social selling index, then LinkedIn sees you as doing all the right things to build your brand, build your visibility, build your credibility, and draw people towards you, which is effectively what you're trying to do on the platform. So in terms of finding the right people, how does LinkedIn judge what the right people are? It will take into consideration things like where you're based, what industry you're in, what your target market is, etc. So it wouldn't score you very highly, for example, if you were based in London and you were prospecting people in New York, for example. So it's looking at things like geography. It's looking at if you're a small business owner, then it will be looking at are you building your SME network? If you're in a corporate environment and you're targeting, for example, sales directors or C-suite, it would base the score based on who you're connecting with and who you're adding into your network. Okay. And that professional brand, how does that get assessed? And why is that a particularly important part of the score? So that would get assessed by the content side of things. So it's all about positioning yourself. So obviously in the corporate world, you're looking at this from two angles. You're looking at this from a personal brand perspective. So your own personal profile, but also the corporate side of things and your company page. The score for social selling index is purely based on your personal profile. So LinkedIn will be looking at for the building your professional brand, it will be looking at what content you're pushing into the newsfeed. So how regularly you post, what type of topics you post about. So if you're an expert in engineering, for example, and all of your posts are about engineering and every article that you write about that particular niche area, then LinkedIn would see that as you having a strong professional brand in that area. If you suddenly started posting things that were completely irrelevant to your industry and irrelevant to your profile, then you would score lower down. So it's important to curate the content that you both share and produce to maintain that reputation. Absolutely. Yeah, that would be 100% correct. Tell me this. I mean, from a corporate perspective, what are the advantages or disadvantages to having a free or a premium account? And what are the different tools? Because there's obviously Sales Navigator, there's Recruiter. Why would a corporate choose to invest in the premium services? Obviously, I always advise people, if you're currently a really low scoring, as in you don't rate yourself very highly on LinkedIn and you've no idea what you're doing with it, I wouldn't advise moving into some of the more premium and paid for versions of LinkedIn until you've kind of got a handle on the basics of the free version. I always don't advise paying for something that you barely know how to use. So I loved your analogy the other day, Mark, because I saw that post you did about the fact that you wouldn't just get into a Formula One car and start driving and know exactly what to do. You'd probably crash it. Well, kind of the same thing with LinkedIn. That was a great analogy. I saw that post you did the other day. You have to know exactly what you're doing with it in order to get results from it. So if you are paying for a tool that you have no idea how to use, then I would not be recommending that you upgrade all of your team to the premium version of the platform. If you're going to do that, then I would recommend getting obviously, some knowledge and understanding about how to make that work to get the most effective ROI. Um, So let's talk through the different versions of LinkedIn. So obviously, you've got the free version, which most people are on. Now, the free version has a lot of limitations. So for example, you have what's called a commercial search limit on the free version. So if you're using LinkedIn to search and find prospects and grow your network, you'll be limited by how many searches you can run 
as a free uh, user of the platform. You won't be able to see everybody that's viewed your profile, for example, and you'll be very limited in your search filtering. So if you were looking for people in big cities, the free version would be fine. I spoke to a client this morning, for example, that's looking to prospect in Harlow in Essex. And Harlow is not considered a big city on the database of LinkedIn. So for them to get the best results on a more kind of specific geography, for example, they would need to invest in the more advanced or premium versions of LinkedIn to get more specific search results. So it does have its limitations. It's still pretty good if you know how to use it. There, of course, are the in-mails, which you'll find LinkedIn is always pushing people to buy the premium versions because of the in-mail feature. There are some ways around that, but again, it's it's a lot more restricted on the free version. But for someone that doesn't really know what they're doing with it, then free start with free. Just one thing on that. Why would anyone care about an in-mail? Why not just get their email address and send them an email? You can do that, although... The average number of emails that are received by executives is about 147 a day. So if you are going down the email route, chances are that it's unlikely to land where you want it to. And it's unlikely they're probably going to delete it. An email will go directly into their LinkedIn inbox. And it does give you a longer length of text to write to the person versus a normal invitation. So they do have their advantages. But again, it's important that somebody when they're sending emails is not emails, is not a selling or a pitch type introduction. And that's where most people go wrong is mm-hmm. that they in-mail people and they're trying to sell before they even have got an opportunity to build a relationship. I've certainly been guilty of that in the early days and the victim of it more often than not nowadays. Mm-hmm. Tell me this, why would anyone spend 600, 700 quid a year per person on Navigator? Well, Sales Navigator is a fantastic tool if somebody is 100% business development and their only job in the organization is selling. Like That is a phenomenal tool and a very well worth investment for somebody that's 100% of their time prospecting because there are major restrictions on the free version. Navigator does give you a major opportunity to really filter and narrow down the searches. It allows you, for example, if you ran a search, let's say you were looking for the chief financial officer in the companies in excess of, let's say, 5,000 employees, Navigator would allow you to not just search for those people, but also find one similar to that. It does also allow you to save those searches, track them as leads, keep an eye on what they're up to, etc. So there's a, it's a phenomenal tool if somebody is in a pure 100% business development type role. I wouldn't be giving it to people that are spending, say, 20 30% of their time on sales because they're just not going to make use of the tool. But Navigator is a fantastic tool for salespeople. I absolutely love it. And the premium business subscription, why would anybody have that over free? I'd say that if you were going to invest in anything, I wouldn't go premium. LinkedIn will entice you with being able to see all the people that have viewed your profile in the last 90 days and a few extra searches. But really for the money, if you're going to invest in one of the versions, I would say go for Sales Navigator above premium. Premium doesn't really unlock too many more features than the free. It is, I wouldn't say it's worth the investment. If you're going to go for it, then go from free to Sales Navigator. Okay. And LinkedIn's introduced the LinkedIn Recruiter. Tell us a little bit about that. I spent 13 years, as you know, in uh, recruitment myself. So I actually learned LinkedIn through being a recruiter. So obviously, LinkedIn has, since Microsoft did the acquisition of LinkedIn, they definitely focus more on it becoming a great tool for recruitment, especially in-house recruiters inside corporates. It is a fantastic way to find and, and acquire great talent. So again, it's, it's just about giving people more and more opportunities to search their network and go outside of just the people that they already know. So recruiters are, 
a fantastic tool. Again, if you've got people in the organization who are solely responsible for recruitment, then get them the recruiter package. It will give them. But again, they've got to know what to do with it. There's no point investing all this money, especially on the recruiter licenses, because they are more expensive then I would definitely not recommend it unless you actually know what you're doing with it and you know for sure that you're going to be able to get your return on investment. Thank you for listening. In the second part, Sam will go into the detail of how you can turn LinkedIn into a lead magnet. That's Marcus Kauke signing off from the Inquisitor podcast. I look forward to speaking to you soon.